1: Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi, WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in to our friends at iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Blog Talk Radio. We're glad you all could be with us as well. For those who are looking to be able to not only enhance their skills as a leader or even look for a position of leadership, I think this next segment's going to really be inspiring to you. We're excited to welcome Dr. Derek Noble to our program today. He's the author of a book. I had a chance to read called Leadership Launch, Essential Skills for New Leaders. We'll talk to him about his own journey as a leader, what it's been like for him to embrace that, but also the principles that's helped him in his success, and also how it can help you as well. If you're just now learning about the book, of course, we'll let you know how to get your own copy of it. Dr. Noble, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much, Cyrus. Good to be with you, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, the pleasure is definitely all mine. i really enjoyed this book, and I and I was uh, messing with you earlier. This conversation has been a long time coming. I know I've been I've been working to try to get this <laughs> solidified for you for a Absolutely. while. So I'm so glad uh, to have the you on. Have I want to talk about. Yeah, you know, I want to talk to you about something that I think is relatable to people, though, Dr. Noble, and that is the responsibility of leadership, right? I think a lot of times people think about wanting a title, wanting a position, but what has it been like for you to embrace the responsibility that comes with that?
0: Oh, very good question. Uh, it's not about title or position. It's about influence. Um John Maxwell says that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Uh, i like to add a little bit to that. Uh, leadership is influencing people to do things, to help themselves and the organization uh, to rise to new levels. Uh, so I, I, I like to think of leadership in that way. Uh, the responsibility of a leader, I like to say, is threefold. Uh, leaders, first of all, are models. Uh, and I'm talking not just about leaders of business organizations, uh, but leaders in uh, relationships. Parents are leaders. Um, so li- leaders, leaders are models. First of all, uh, a leader should be able to show you what to do by their own example. Uh, I'm sure you've heard, as I have heard, uh, and I heard this growing up a lot as well. Uh, you know, don't do uh, as I do. Do as I say. Uh, if that's your uh, mantra, you're a horrible leader, <laughs> what? Mm. no no matter what, what position you're in. So uh, I do want to correct and say that I did not hear that from my mother. My mother is from Glen Allen, Mississippi, <laughs> which is about an, <laughs> <laughs> about an hour and 45 minutes from you, because you're in Brandon, correct?
1: Exactly right.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so mom's from Glen Allen, Mississippi, but uh, she never said that to me, but other people have said that. But leaders... Uh, and we're laughing about it, but but it's very true. Leaders are first and foremost, in my opinion, models. They have to show you the way to go. The second part of leadership is what I call instruction. Uh, leaders don't just show you what to do, but leaders are teachers. Every leader is a teacher. Uh, people come to leaders not necessarily knowing what to do or how to do it. So a leader has to be a teacher, and we could talk all day about characteristics of teachers. One of the major characteristics of a teacher is that a teacher has to be patient. A teacher has to understand, okay, this person who is coming to me is not at the same level. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm better. It doesn't mean that they are subordinate to me. In fact, I hate the word subordinate, Cyrus. When people use that around me, I always correct them and say, you know, sub means under, and you don't ever want to talk about a human being as if they're underneath you. Uh But right. – but, but, uh, uh, Leaders are instructors. Leaders are teachers. People come to leaders not necessarily knowing what to do or how to do it. So a leader teaches them what to do. And then the third part of leadership uh, uh, piggybacks on that. The third part of leadership is guiding. Uh, a guide is someone who, once you know what to do, uh, they observe you, they watch you, and they give you constructive feedback, but they don't do the job for you. They know that they've taught you how to do it, or they know that someone has taught you how to do it, and they trust you enough. To do it on your own, but they guide you along the way and show you any missteps and show you ways that uh, that you can improve. So uh, that to me is the three-legged stool of leadership: modeling, instructing, and guiding.
1: I want to talk about that third leg you mentioned, Dr. Noble, guiding. Because yeah. you say in Chapter 1 of the book, something that I think is very important for our audience to think about, yeah. and you say this, I constantly remind yourself of the reasons why you became a leader in the first place. I see leadership yeah. as an opportunity to help others to grow and to change their lives for the better. Talk to us about that, because I think for a lot of people – there are different reasons why they choose you know, positions of leadership or choose to take uh, the responsibilities of leadership. When did you know that that mm-hmm. is what you wanted to do as a leader and what, who you wanted to be?
0: Wow. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I can answer that question without hesitation. I knew uh, as a sixth grader, um, and I, I detail in the book – uh, how I met uh, my mentor and the person uh, that I consider to be the most important male figure uh, in my life, my my principal, the late uh, Mr. Lionel Ward. Um, I was a terrible stutterer. Uh, I had a bad stutter. I had a lisp. Uh, I was in, in in fact, I still stutter occasionally, and I still lisp like crazy. But none of those, neither of those, keep me from communicating or doing what I need to do. Uh, But Mr. Ward believed in me uh, when I did not believe in myself. And Mr. Ward convinced me that not only could I become a speaker and become good at it, because he asked me one time uh, who my uh, uh, heroes were, and I mentioned uh, Martin Luther King, Jr., and I mentioned uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, and I also mentioned uh, a guy who was the governor of my state. Uh, Gee, what's his name? Oh, Bill Clinton. Uh, So I mentioned those people to Mr. Ward. And he said, if that's what you want to do, you can do that, and don't let your stutter hinder you. So um, um, as far as leadership is is, is concerned, I knew at that point once I could conquer my own fears of uh, speaking in front of a crowd that I could do anything. So I didn't quite know exactly what form my leadership would take. For a while there – I thought I was going to be a principal like Mr. Ward, and then for a while I thought I was going to be a college professor. Then uh, even for a while uh, I was going into politics, especially when I got to high school. I was convinced I was going to be, uh, and I wanted to be, and I think I would have uh, been successful as a politician, but I wanted to be governor of Arkansas one day. Uh, So I wasn't quite sure how I would be a leader or what form that leadership would take, uh, but I knew I would get there one day. And, again, for me, the why is always important. It's always why do you want to do what you do. And for me, my why as a leader is I always want to make sure that people's lives are better after having met me. And so whatever I can do to make that happen, that's my goal as a leader. And that changes from person to person because different people need different things from you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They do, Dr. Noble. And and it goes to another point that you make, and I want to say for those who are just tuning in here on the radio side, as well as those tuning in through our podcast, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're speaking with Dr. Derek Noble today. His book is called Leadership Launch, Essential Skills for New Leaders. I want to make sure I'm stressing that subtitle there, Dr. Noble, because one of the things you talk about mm-hmm. in the book is that as people are in positions of leadership, and we see this even when it comes to politics or government, that as you talk about in the book, they can become jaded. You can you know, get almost yes. in a rut, which is why as you talk about emerging leaders in the book, I think the importance, I think always thinking about things in a different perspective, I want to ask you that as you've gone throughout the years of being in places of leadership and being in positions of leadership, what has helped you not to become that? What has helped you not to become jaded um, and to lose the focus of why you chose to be a leader?
0: Very good question. Uh, The number one thing that has kept me from being jaded, uh, and I spend time talking about this a lot, and I've already mentioned it in this interview, the number one thing that keeps me from becoming jaded is uh, remembering my why. When your why is big enough, the what's and the how's don't really uh, uh, trip you up as much. Uh, I always uh, tell leaders, and I have to tell this to myself as well, remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. I'll give you a really good example. I was speaking to a group of uh, school administrators in a particular school district in Northern California. Won't call the name, but I was doing a training with them, and there was so much um, um uh, cynicism in the room uh and and and, and rightly so you know uh, school officials have to deal with Budget cuts, and, you know, uh, uh, even though the budgets are cut, we're still expecting you to turn uh, out these great results. Uh, so just about everybody in the room was burned out and tired, and I could hear it, I could see it, and I could sense it. And so I just kind of put the notes away. You know, sometimes uh, you come with a prepared curriculum, and uh, as I like to say, the spirit of the room dictates that you go in another direction. So with these folks, I, just, I put the notes down, and I said, you know, I started pointing people out. Tell me why you went into education in the first place. And uh, ju- ju- just to give you the Reader's Digest version of it, uh, and-, and this is no joke, Cyrus, by the time the conversation was over, there was not a dry eye in the room. And, and I-, I honestly mean that. People were starting to reconnect with the reasons why they became educated in the first place. And that why encouraged them, even though physically and mentally they were saying to themselves, I quit. And I give up. There was one person in particular who said, the reason why I'm an educator has nothing to do with a teacher or a principal. The reason why I'm an educator has to do with my elementary school bus driver. And they talked about the fact, you know, I was growing up in an unhappy household and your mom and dad were fighting all the time, blah, blah, blah. But that bus driver was always so... Uh, friendly and kind, and, you know, so I looked forward to riding the bus just so I could see Mr. Jim, the bus bus driver. So uh, you have to reconnect with your why. And that person said, I wanted to go into education to do for children what Mr. Jim had done for me. So the biggest thing for me, Cyrus, is to remind myself of my why. That's what keeps me from being jaded. In the book, I give people 10 uh, ways to keep from being jaded, but that's number one for me on my list.
1: And, and I think that to that point that you're making, I think of, of making sure you stay connected to the why, is also realizing, as yeah. I mentioned in the beginning here, Doctor Noble, the responsibility you talk about in the book of leaders being like a pilot, you know, and, and realizing yeah. how important yeah. it is for them to have, you know, that that clarity so that the people that they are supposed to be leading uh, don't get confused, and 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 themselves, of course, don't end up uh, getting off track. What has that been like Absolutely. for you to see the, the opposite of that, though? Because of your being able to stay connected to your why, what has it been like for you to see how contagious that has been and helped others?
0: Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, when the leader has a strong why, the leader helps everyone in the organization to have one as well. Uh, I'll give you an example. I, I was in, – in fact, I think I, I spoke about this in the book. Uh, I was doing a training for a group of cafeteria workers. Uh, who were all just uh, uh, very uh, um, uh, jaded and uh, just angry. And uh, when I asked one of them, you know, describe your job for me, she said, I put square piece of mashed potatoes and corn on a tray. That's what I do. And that's not an exaggeration. Her attitude (laughs) was like, you know, square piece of mashed potatoes and corn. Uh, So what I tried to get them to do was to refocus. And I said, you know, it's it's bigger than square piece of mashed potatoes and corn. You are uh, providing nourishment for children whose families, by and large, cannot really afford to give them healthy food and healthy meals every day. I mean, these kids are getting free lunch, and some of them are getting reduced lunch. And, 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 and the impetus behind that is these children are coming from families who cannot necessarily afford Uh, to give them nutritious meals and what does nutrition do for a child? Well, it helps them to focus. And what does focus do for a child? Well, it helps them to be successful. So I said, see, it's bigger than square piece of mashed potatoes and corn. You are really feeding the next generation of leaders who are going to take over and help you. So now those workers went on from that meeting and they got the school district to start a free breakfast program as well. <laughs> now, 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 here are people who did not want to do their job, and they had a nasty attitude, but now they're willing to come in early and cook an extra meal because we reconnected them to the why. When the leader of the organization has a very clear why, uh, it becomes contagious. Uh, uh, people, I often say uh, when people ask me, how do you deal with employees who seem to just be phoning it in? I always say to them, if they're phoning it in, it's because their why has become fuzzy. So you've got to reconnect them uh, to that. Uh, as the leader goes, so goes the organization. I, I, I've often said, and uh, it, 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 it's not unique to me, but I've often said, uh, if if the leader is a five, the organization will never be a 10. So uh, you are the lid on the uh, on the potential of your organization. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and Dr. Noble, I want to talk about something else too. As we we're having this conversation about leadership, the you know, not being not being jaded, staying connected to the why, but also, of course, being present. You give an example of working with an individual, uh, and one of the things that you had them to work on that they were puzzled by in the beginning um, was their presence, um, how they walked into yeah. a room. I, I want to talk yeah. about that. I thought that was an interesting. And you kind of went through a TikTok in that particular chapter of different things like facial expressions, the way that people engage. Why is that important for a leader to think about? Because a lot of times people just think about the qualities that they're exhibiting to their team. Was it important to think about the way they were actually showing, literally showing up, and the way they make people feel when they walk in the room?
0: Absolutely. The reason why that's so important, that's a great question. The reason why it's so important is because leadership and communication go hand in hand. The best leaders are the best communicators, and communication is not just the words that come out of your mouth. So many people erroneously um, um, define leadership uh, and and communication. They define communication as what you say. Uh, But I, I often tell people, and I told that particular person, Uh, You start communicating before you ever open your mouth. Uh, The way you walk into a room communicates how you feel about yourself and how you feel about the potential of the organization. So this particular person said, you know, I'm the new VP, and I'm going to be heading up uh, a meeting very soon, so I want you to help me go over the agenda. And I said, okay, we'll get to the agenda, but before we get to the agenda, I want you to practice walking into the room. And she questioned me about that. Well, why do I need to walk into the room? I don't need to, I'm not a runaway model. I said, it's not about being a runaway model. You said you want, to, you, you want to do well with communication. In fact, you hired me to be your communications coach. Communication is not just about what comes out of your mouth. It's about your posture. It's about your tone. So it's not just what you say. It's how you sound while you say it. It's not just what you say. It's how you look while you're saying it. If you're talking and you're looking down at the floor, and you seem to be uh, hesitant to make eye contact, you are revealing, whether you believe it or not, <laughs> you're revealing how you feel about yourself. Uh, I, I don't think I can handle this. I don't think I can do this. So leaders need to understand that communication is not just words. It's tone and it's body language, and body language includes eye contact. It includes Uh, an open posture. You don't want to have your arms folded all the time because it conveys the idea that you're angry, even if you're not angry. Somebody once said to me, you know, well, I hear that, but uh, the reason why I'm folding my arms is because I'm cold. I said, okay, well, but the people don't know you're cold. They just know you're folding your arms as if you're ticked off at somebody, and that communicates what you do and how you sound and what you say. Communicate. So leaders really need to master all of those. I, leadership and communication go hand in hand.
1: And the last thing I want to talk to you about, Dr. Noble, I think is so important for all of us to keep in mind, but especially those in positions of leadership, is another L word that sure. you stress in the book, and that is listening. I, I think yeah. as we – you know, we have only to think about places that we go to or even examples of people that we see. You know, You mentioned earlier people, public figures may even – Seem to have this issue of not actually listening to the people around right. them. Talk to us about how that quality has served you well, being a good listener.
0: Uh, I'm sorry, Cyrus. What did you just say? Oh no, I'm joking. Sure. Uh. No, no,
1: no, no problem. No, I'm just saying. Talk to us about how that quality of being a good listener has served you well.
0: No. Uh, yeah. I'm. 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 I'm giving you a hard time about listening. I was pretending I wasn't listening. No. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, t- t- Dr.
1: Noble, before you say that, let me just tell you, I have a horrible sense. Of, I, 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 things pass. My brother gets on me all the time. Things just pass right by me. I literally thought you didn't hear. <laughs> <laughs> I can channel.
0: I'm like, let me yeah. back up and do this again. Just, yeah. now, I'm messing yeah. with you, man. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. You're from Mississippi. Yeah. I'm a Mississippi guy, so I'm giving you a hard time. No, right, right, uh, no, uh, no, it's, it's all, all good. good. <laughs> listening skills, you know, when most people define communication, they, they define communication as uh, depositing or dispensing information. But that's an incomplete definition of communication. Communication is not just dispensing information, but it's also receiving information and interpreting it so that you can continue <laughs> the, the conversation. Uh, so listening is communication. I remember one time I was doing a seminar. Uh, I was leading a seminar on uh, communication skills and I said uh, and since we're talking about communication let's talk about listening and I kid you not Cyrus somebody raised her hand and she said but I thought we were talking about communication why are we now going to talk about listening uh, and I, I, I was I was appalled I wasn't angry because I understand most people don't understand listening is communication um, and I say in the book people feel respected when they know they've been heard. In fact, research has shown the number one reason why customers become angry uh, with a, a provider of a service or a product, the number one reason customers become angry is not because of a faulty product. The number one reason customers become angry is because they feel they have not been heard. They feel they have not been listened to. So what's the best thing you can do if you're providing customer service? What's the best thing you can do for an angry customer? Shut up and listen to them and resist the temptation to interrupt them. So when people feel heard, they feel respected. When they feel respected, they feel they can trust you. And when they feel they can trust you, they communicate with you things that they normally might not communicate. So uh, I do go into detail in the book about how to become a better listener. And and, and one of those uh, things, I, I, I'll just mention one of them, is uh, I know most of us think we're really good at multitasking, but uh, yeah. research shows that only 4% of the population, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4% of the population can actually multitask. That means 96% of us, Cyrus, cannot do two things at one time, and most of us think we can. So when you're, when, when you're trying to listen, when someone's speaking to you, Uh, Put down any distraction. One of the things I always do when someone wants to talk to me, if I have my phone in my hand, Cyrus, I intentionally put my phone down and I make eye contact with the person so as to communicate with them. You are more important to me than my smartphone. So that's just one thing you can do. There are several things uh, you need to do to become a better listener. I also recommend that people just uh, Google. Google listening skills and just read maybe one article per week on how to become a better listener. I guarantee you the better you are at listening, the more trust people will have in your leadership uh, and the better your organization will be off uh,
1: 100%. Dr. Noble, that was the one I picked up on as well as a big one, the multitasking, but I also yeah. love the fact that you mentioned in that chapter about making sure that we're listening to understand, not to respond. I think that, again, is something we yeah. see a lack of today. Uh, people are just already formulating what their what their quote-unquote counter is going to be to whatever it is that the Absolutely. person is saying instead of missing the point of what the person is saying. Okay. One thing I can't let you go, though, without asking about something that's happened over the past few years, uh, Dr. Noble, and that is yeah. the shift in the way people see their places of employment, the way that they see their bosses, yeah. the way they see their own roles. We've heard about the great resignation. We've heard about this. I'm curious for yourself and the work that you've been in, how have you seen leadership changing in the past few years as we've been dealing with, with the pandemic and, and the aftermath of how it kind of disrupted the workforce?
0: Wow. Uh, and for that to be the last question, and I could talk uh, uh, about that for 30 minutes. <laughs> let, let, me give you, let me give you a real quick one on that one. Uh, but I've seen lots of changes, Cyrus, and they have not all been good. As a matter of fact, the majority of them have not been good. The world mm-hmm. – where people came uh, to work uh, 9 to 5, punching a time clock every day, five days a week, that world is gone. And there are so many leaders who are trying to pull people back into that world. What the pandemic taught us, uh, Cyrus, is that people can not only get work done remotely, but a lot of times they can get it done uh, at the same rate and sometimes even better because they feel more relaxed. They don't feel uh, the pressure of the office. So, uh, one of the big changes is you're going to have to uh, ask yourself as a leader, if you're the leader of an organization, you're going to have to ask yourself, how can I get the same results? from this group of people without them having to be at their desk or at a cubicle every day. Uh, And that's not necessarily uh, the best model anyway. I don't know where we got the idea that, you know, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, is the best model anyway. It wears people down and it uh, uh, stresses people out. Uh, In in Chapter 3 of the book, I talk about how to deal with stress. and, And some of the stress that people deal with is that office mindset so leaders really need to start asking themselves not how can we go back to pre-pandemic times but how can we pivot as a result of this pandemic having changed the world how can we pivot our organization to still deliver high quality to whether it's a product or a service how can we pivot our organization to still deliver high quality and still give people the flexibility to be able to be in a stress-free environment or at least a reduced environment and if that means home then it means
1: home yeah. great conversation here again everyone Dr. Derek Noble has been our guest the book as you guys can see has a little something for everyone but especially those in positions of leadership aspiring leaders but also uh, those who are, are new to leadership roles it's called Leadership Launch Essential Skills for New Leaders uh, Dr. Noble really enjoyed this time with you appreciate you stopping by how can our audience stay connected with you and get their copy of the book
0: uh, yeah, uh, you can get the copy of the book. Uh, the book is available uh, online. It's available in bookstores all over the world. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's Barnes and Noble. Uh, any major bookstore. If they do not have it available, they can order it for you. Uh, there, uh, we have the ebook version on Barnes and Noble Nook. We have the ebook version on Amazon. So you can also go to my website, uh, DerekLewisNoble.com, and that's D-E-R-R-I-C-K, L-E-W-I-S. N-O-B-L-E dot com. Uh, There's a link to get the book there. There's also, the book has its own website. It's called leadershiplaunchbook.com, so you can reach out to me there. And I'm all over social media. Connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Follow me. I'll follow you back. All right.
1: Dr. Noah, really appreciate this. I'm definitely looking forward to our next conversation together.
0: Thanks a lot, Cyrus. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, glad to do it. Glad to do it. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Web. Thing. as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care.